Well, I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, uh, just for a little while to the book of, of Romans, the book of Romans in your New Testament, please. I knew whenever they started that song, it was going to be a crying fest. I knew that. Well, it's, uh, it's all right to love the Lord. It's all right to be able to cry. I was raised where a man was not supposed to cry. Then I went to California and got whipped several times, and I learned that it's okay to cry. (laughs) If you get hit hard enough at one time in one place, it's okay to cry. And uh, 50-some years ago, I got hit right right in the middle of my heart. The Lord came into my heart and gave me a brand new heart, a transplant, if you would please. And since that time, I've not been ashamed to cry. Of course, I've been married a long time too, and that that helped a lot. (laughs) Romans chapter 12, please, today. As you know, if you are a member of our church, this month of January, we always set aside for stewardship month. We don't mention money or other things throughout the remainder of the year hardly, but uh, for 33 years now, I've been teaching biblical principles, stewardship to our folk, and our folk have been blessed because they've embraced Godonomics, not economics. Uh, economics is a scientific procedure by which we study money. Godonomics is the biblical way we study money and handle money and handle finances. So if you're thinking today that I might mention something about money, you're wrong. I want to talk about something else. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible said, I beseech you, therefore, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and every one members 
one of another. I'd like to make a statement, please, and I think everybody here this morning would agree with the statement, maybe not living up to the statement, but would agree with the statement. God never asks for anything from us that is unreasonable. Because verse 1 says, it is our reasonable service. Notice also the grounds of his request that we present our bodies. The grounds for his request is the mercies of God. Now let me tell you something. The only reason you're here today probably is because of God's mercy. Because if we had received God's justice, we'd probably be in jail or dead one. Uh, you say, I don't experience the mercies of God. You're not down at the border trying to get into America. Uh, you say, well, I haven't experienced the mercies of God. Are you still breathing? I walked through the parking lot a little while ago, and you know, uh, I didn't see a car that I didn't think have cruise control. We suffering for Jesus, aren't we? Hey, uh, cars in the parking lot, I can't even pronounce the name of them. The mercies of God. If your wife will even look at you, let alone speak to you, God's been merciful. Uh, if she has not poisoned you, I'm kind of getting leery around the house. The other day my wife come in there and asked me to check some white powder out. <laughs> and I, you know, I, she loves me. And I, I said, sure. So I took my finger and I put it in. Uh, yeah, I believe that's baking powder. She said, oh, thank God. I thought it was rat poisoning. If if you and your wife are still talking, uh, you do know something about the, the mercies of God. Notice not only the request, but the object of the request. The Bible said, I want your body. And I want your mind. Stewardship is not money. Money is just a part of stewardship. Your time is not stewardship. It's just a part of stewardship. Your treasure, your money is not Stewardship, that's just a part of stewardship. God said, I want your all. I want everything you are and everything you're about. And I deserve it. And I'm not asking you something that is unreasonable. I not only want your time, 
I not only want your talent, I not only want your treasure, you're mine. And you are bought with a price. So take your hands off of it. You said, I don't like that. I don't remember calling you last night and see if it's all right if I said that. Well, I'll get around to it. No, 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 no. God ain't one of them. I get around to it, God's. God didn't create this for you and me. God didn't send his son to die on the cross for himself. It is not unreasonable for God to say, I want you, all of you, and you are the steward of you. And stewardship, this started out pretty good. Maybe I need to tell another joke. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, the tabernacle in which you live, that which you have been given the pleasure of having for a few years until you lay it down and I give you another one that will be permanent. So I just thought I'd drop by today and talk to you about stewardship that is acceptable unto God or personal management. You know why you're here today? You decided to come. You know why those others are not? They decided not to. Steward in personal life. After World War II, I read recently, a group of German students volunteered to help rebuild an English cathedral in London, England. And of course, you know, there were terrible times of bombing and destruction, and everything in the cathedral was just absolutely destroyed, all except one marble statue of Jesus Christ. And over in the corner of the cathedral, there the statue lay. It looked as though unexposed that it was just unharmed. But as they dug through the rubble, the, the students discovered that the hands were missing off of the statue and on the statue was this inscription, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The arms protruded, extended, as bidding folk to come, but the hands were missing. They talked among themselves about how to prepare, how to repair the hands and the arms. And finally, they got the statue upright, and there it was, arms extended, 
inscription says, come unto me. And they did not know what to do. Several suggestions were made. And finally, they come up with a solution. They would leave the arms extended with no hands and change the inscription to read, you're the only hands I have. Wow. Look at verse 5 of chapter number 12. Maybe this would help us just a little bit. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. When Jesus was on this earth, he ministered in a physical body. He had hands. He had feet by which he ministered. He had heart through which he could show compassion. He had eyes where he could lift and see the throngs of lost and say they're like sheep having no shepherd. But since he went back to heaven, he ministers now not through a physical body, but a spiritual body. And you and I are members of that body. You are the only hands he has. You and I are the only feet that he has. You and I are the only eyes now. We are members in particular. We are eyes here. His eyes, the only eyes he has to see the lost and the dying, the poor and the needy. You and I are the only heart he has to show compassion and love to those less fortunate. I wonder today if the Bible says we are the body of Christ and members in particular. I wonder what kind of body does he have? Several years ago I was bear hunting in California. It was before I surrendered to the ministry. So the people that I had collected as friends and were not your Sunday school kind of kind of folk. They might tip a bottle occasionally. Now I didn't because I've been religious all my life. We treat a big old black bear up a tree. 
We wasn't supposed to be shooting the bear. We were just supposed to be running up a tree and backing the dogs off and letting the bear back down, and we were training our dogs. Well, the guy that I went with, he wasn't near as saved as I was, and he liked drinking Paisano red wine. I have no idea what that is. I just saw it on a deal one time. He'd drink several bottles of that stuff. And when we got to the tree, that big old bear was up in the top of the tree. And I said, Lynn, just shoot up there around it, hit some limb, maybe we can scare him down. Uh, I think maybe he got his shells mixed up and he started shooting at that bear. And that bear began to reach over and grab limbs and just bite them off and spit them down that tree at us. And I said, where are you shooting, Lynn? He said, I bet every one of those shells is in a section about that big. I said, on the tree? He said, no, on the bear. And that was one mad Baptist bear. Now, if you've ever seen a bear go up a tree, he ooches up the tree. When he come down the tree, King James, no ooches. He just straightens out and comes down that tree bringing bark and limbs and everything. And here this bear come down that tree with 13 shots of somewhere in his anatomy and he is Baptist man. And I said to myself, legs, it's time to leave. And one leg said, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, preacher, I'm not hurting anything. I just ain't ready yet. <laughs> you ain't hurting anything. That bear's about to get me. If you're not functioning, now listen to me. This ain't preaching. This is serious. If you're not functioning as a member of Joshua Baptist Church, you're worthless to Joshua Baptist Church and to Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, I ain't hurting anything. I'm just hanging on. No, you're in the way. You're hindering. Is there anybody here? You say they won't be next week. That's all right. That'll give us enough room to start some more. Are you listening to me? Stewardship is not about your money. Stewardship is not about your time or your talents. Does God have you? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Or are you doing what you want to do? Stewardship is not about your money. God don't need your money. I do, but God don't. So don't get mad at God. Get mad at me. Keep tithing. See, I do that to see how many of you are mad. So a lot of you are because you didn't giggle. Amen. I beseech you therefore, brethren, because you've been saved. 
because you cost me the greatest that heaven had to offer. I beseech you therefore, brethren, because you are brethren. You've been saved. You've been gifted. God's in gift, in, in gifted you with something to honor him here in this place for his glory. Amen. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present what? Your body. Oh, not, not my body. Not my body. You can have my money. You can have my time. You can have my talent. But I want my body. My body. I love my body. But you get as old as I am, you'll hate that sucker. Because <laughs> it hurts you all the time. My wife said this morning, said, how you feel? I said, like I did yesterday. Are you hurting? Just like I did yesterday. You feel any better? Not any better than yesterday. I just wanted to hit her right in the mouth, but my hand was hurting so bad I couldn't wad my fist up. <laughs> Besides that, she knows monkey ranch, and karate don't work with monkey ranch. Is anybody here today? I'm not talking about your money. I'm not talking about your time. I'm not talking about your talent. I'm talking about you. Tonight, when church starts, you know where the body ought to be? All the members ought to be at the body. All the members ought to be. Well, preacher, I didn't join a church for that. Why did you join? My God, if you ain't going to attend, why would you even bother? Well, I can't get anybody else to say it. Just If you knew how hard it was for me to walk down them stairs, you'd say amen. <laughs> amen, preacher. Whew, tired. You want to finish? <laughs> Let me help you now. We're going to close. You say when? After a while. Stewardship acceptable unto God is total dedication. Total dedication. Did you hear me? Total dedication. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body a total Dedication, it is a Old Testament phrase. It is a priestly expression. It is drawn from the Old Testament. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. The picture is of the priests in the Old Testament as they do the drink offering, as they do the mixture, as they pour it together, and then he takes it to the altar of God, and there puts the entire thing and pours it out as a sacrifice holy unto God, totally and completely. That's the picture that is presented here that he wants you and I to present our body a living, poured out, acceptable, totally as to God. You say, that is just too much. Oh, really? I thought he said it was your. If he should decide to turn the air off, where would you be? You sit around all puffed up like you're mad at me. I don't care if you get mad at me. I'm too old to care if you get mad at me. I'm trying to tell you the truth. I shall never forget. I read of this agnostic that stood out 
on the courthouse stairs and defiled God and said, if there's a God in heaven, I dare you to cause it to lightning and thunder and strike me dead. An elderly senior saint lady walked up and said, Sir, why should God have to shake up heaven to kill one idiot when he could have a gnat flop your nose and suffocate you to death? God ain't out of gnats. You see, stewardship that is reasonable unto God is total dedication. Secondly, it is radical separation. Verse 2, and be not conformed to what? Oh, really? Does anybody have any idea that this might be God's word? Do you think maybe God might know what's going on? Do you think God may know how involved we're getting in the world and how uninvolved we're getting in the church? Do you think maybe God might know you get more kicks out of your iPad than you do worshiping God? Do you think maybe God might know our enthusiasm is spent in the world all week long and we come to church dragging like dead flies that's fallen off of us, fall in our pew and don't sing, shout, or say amen? Come on now, can I help you? You see, stewardship that's acceptable unto God is total, absolute, total dedication, radical separation, and I got to close. Why? What time does the ball game start? Good, that's a good answer, right? I was going to trick him on that deal. And lastly, it's inward transformation. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world. Watch this now. But be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of what? Your mind. So God wants our body. Not unreasonable. God wants our thinking. It's not unreasonable. And you say, well, preacher, all of this is absolutely ridiculous. Here's something you need to realize is salvation is an inside job, not an outside job. Preacher, how do you know I'm saved? Your outside gives away your inside. There might be a reason you don't like coming to church Sunday evening. There might be a reason why you have difficulty on Wednesday evening to coming around to church. Your outside might be a true indication 
of what you've got on the inside. You say, well, preacher, that's radical. How radical is dark and light? How radical is that? Is that, is that really radical? How about sheep and goats? Anything radical about that? How about sheep and hogs? If you're comfortable in the hog pen, you might not be a sheep. Now, a sheep may stumble and fall in the mud, but they're not going to live there. How about a dog? No, let's not do that. Can I help you now? This kind of stewardship is radical. And may I say we would do well to major on the inward, on the interman, on the spirit, and allow the spirit on the inside dictate to the body on the outside. I should not have to demand that the teachers at Joshua Christian Academy be in all the services. Because if I got to do that, that means you're just working for a job. And I don't need no jobbers. I need folks that loves kids and will give their heart, not just their life. Is anybody here? Well, I need to close. Verse 3, and I will. The Bible said... For I say through the grace that is given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. I want you to note in these verses the Importance of humility in verse 3. Humility will help us avoid magnifying who we are. Many times folk come to our church and they say to me, I don't know how you folks made it before I got here. Things are going to be so much better since I got here for you folks. Let me tell you how we made it before you got here. God's the boss. He's in charge. He's the blesser. And there ain't no big dogs or little dogs. We all just sinners saved by grace. No private parking places for anybody around here just because they got prestige on them. Everybody can wash a floor and clean a toilet. Can win people to Christ. And cry when a song about the Savior stirs their soul. Can you still be stirred? Do you still have a tear? 
The Bible said that he that go forth weeping, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. You see, the church is like a body. Amen? We are the members of Christ. He's the, body. He's the head, we're the body. Is that not so? And humility keeps us from magnifying who we really are. Well, I'm the hand. And without me, you couldn't do anything. Well, I'm the feet. Without me, you couldn't go anywhere. I'm the eye. Without me, you couldn't see anything. Yeah, but somebody's got to take the eye where it can see. When you're playing golf and somebody says, four, somebody's got to grab the head. I'd rather have a skint knuckle as a brain concussion. God put the members in the body just like it pleased him. How many of you are there when God asks you, would it be okay if we put a hand at the end of the arm? Were you there? God put things in me I can't even spell. And I don't know how they work. But they need to work. We got a lot of sick folk in church right now. Really, we do. Brother Billy's sick. Miss Mary's sick. A lot of folks sick. I get sick every once in a while. Suppose with me, if you would, please. I've been sick. Now I'm hungry. And the food is over there. I'm hungry. Now, why should that food jump over here when God fixed the body so that there's legs to take him over there where the food is? See how God works that out? Now, I guess it'd be all right if I said to my feet, reach up there and grab that food. Whoa. Is that how it works? See, if we were all feet, where were the grabbing? So my hands... Grab the food. Is anybody here? Are you learning anything? And the hands transport the food from yonder hand to yonder mouth. Now, it would be nice if we were all mouths. Sometimes I think we are. (laughs) And so the mouth begins to chew the food. Preparing it to be digested. Now God figured it out. See, the feet was important. The hands were important. Mouth is important. Tooth is important. In fact, I bet a lot of you don't even know how many teeth you got. In fact, some of you may not even have any. But you probably did it one time. And we take it for granted until one of them starts hurting. And then there ain't nothing on you that don't hurt. You hurt all over. That tooth is reminding you, I'm here. Now I'm chewing the food. I've been sick. Now, 
I swallow the food. Down the esophagus it goes into the stomach. And the stomach says, no way, Jose. A lot of good that food did me. All because the stomach said, no. I could starve to death like that. Well, I'm not important. I can't sing. I can't preach. I can't teach. I'm not the beautiful face or the flowing hair. I'm a big toe, and nobody sees me. Have you ever tried to walk without your big toe? It's your big toe that gives you balance. Covered, unseen, uncomely, not important until you need it. Now, I don't know. You may be a big toe. You may be a nose. You may be a hand. You may be a foot. Second Corinthians, First Corinthians says, God has set every member in the body as it has pleased him. That the body may function for his honor and his glory. And you, my dear friend, if you are a member, you're not a member by chance. You're a member by choice. And God put you here that you might be a steward, a good steward of what God has invested in you to make this body what it ought to be. And to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And all of God's people said, See, I preached again about stewardship and didn't make you mad about money. Ain't that good? Let me close with this. You said you've closed 25 times. Yeah, but it's only 12 o'clock. I was reading recently about a man visiting an insane asylum. And when he got there, he was absolutely astounded that there was a hundred inmates in this insane asylum and one guard. One hundred inmates and one guard. And so the visitor asked the guard, do you ever get concerned about the inmates getting angry or mad and they get together and overtake you 
And the guard said, no, I'm never concerned about that at all. You see, lunatics never get together. Lunatics never get together. What an indictment. I'm going to do my own thing. It may be not God's thing, but it's going to be my thing. Well, if you have that attitude, you'll be the loser, I promise you. God didn't save you for you to do your own thing. God didn't save me to do my own thing. God saved us to be unique. This place is very unusual. God has given us two very precious gifts. Number one, unity. 33 years, we've never had a no vote on anything. Never had a church split. Never had a meeting that was unreasonable and never had a negative vote on anything. This is an unusual place. God has given us unity. Second thing God has given us is diversity. The congregation is diverse financially, emotionally, intellectually, politically, and still we have unity. Can all of God's people say amen? So, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice unto God.